figured out pretty early on that uh, the whole Disney Channel all of your dream stuff is it's a load of crap. Is. So Disney's been you you're equating the whole your predicament the whole 90s, to the whole nineties. Nineties lied. The nineties so lied to you. Disney failed you. I am. I am a hundred percent sure you, you, could, you could build a Bible a study. You, you followed your dream and became an archaeologist, dreams. and now you can't find crazy. a job. I found a job. I just can't find one that pays enough to make me want to go somewhere else now. He, yeah. Are we? Are we live? Yes, we're live. Oh, hey, we're uh, always welcome live when you ask if we're yeah. live. <laughs> welcome to the Hello Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor church. Located just outside of Athens, Georgia, the name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, check us out. Sunday mornings at 1030. You can learn all about the church by going to calvary316.com. If you are not local but looking for a good church, you can watch online. Again, uh, we live stream our service 1030 Sunday mornings. Uh, our YouTube channel is calvary316.live. So .com is the website. .live is the link uh, to the, uh, the YouTube channel. I am joined, as always... I'm in studio by the man that needs no introduction, Stan Vaughn. How are you doing, Stan? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, my dad's name is Stan. So that's I, very funny, Sandy. That's yeah, very, that's, very funny. I told somebody I was going to call you Stan the, the whole episode. <laughs> because we had this conversation. You're like, I'm, I'm becoming like my dad. Like, you find yourself at church saying things. You're like, oh, my goodness, that's exactly what my dad would say. Oh, yeah, all the time. You're becoming Stan, which is not, which is a compliment, honestly. It's a, it is a wonderful compliment. There are worse things that I could be than Stan Vaughn. Than Stan there Vaughn. There are worse things, for sure. So your name's... By the not, way, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Yeah, so Pope Creighton Vaughn, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. And um, just to piggyback off of what Justin was saying earlier, I'm 100% certain that there's a really fun... Uh, topical Bible study about how Disney has lied to all of us about following our hearts because the Bible tells us the heart is deceitful above all things. We had an Disney episode tells about us, this. Yeah. Yes. I think there's a great Bible study there and I want to write it. I just haven't yet, but I just could follow your hearts. The worst advice you could give to a human being, that, your that heart would, will lie to you for days. The, the purpose of me, it wouldn't really fall. I just like to say that I, I, I went into it for the intention of apologetical teaching mm -hmm. at some point and they're just i just kept missing striking out but a dream is a stuff. wish your heart makes i'm sorry can you say that one more time but project a bit oh by the way we're also joined in studio <laughs> by two other people uh i hate it here. <laughs> you're hearing the voice of uh of robert aka roberto Maybe. I'm, apparently, I'm talking too low. You're talking too... Well, that was better. That was I think better. Your, project, better. your projection was pretty good. I'm, I'm working on it. You're working on it. This is the second time you've been a guest. You've been in the guest chair a few times. This is the second time on the show, jumping into the fourth chair. Always, uh, Spice Daddy, how you doing? All right. So, we, we kind of just get into this without introductions, and then we kind of have to backtrack. Yeah, I like it that way, though. Backtrack. The, the look on Creighton's face when we come up with a different way... To, to sabotage. Every, yeah, every time. And yeah, it's know, so much fun. Every, and, you know, every now and then, though, some great golden topics that take up the entire episode come from these these rants at the beginning. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Creighton, explain how the show works. We talk a lot. Um, basically That's kind of happens. the idea of the show. <laughs> yes, it's a podcast. Basically what happens is Zach's going to rant for a few minutes about something uh, that I used to call asinine, 
it probably still is, but sometimes it's very poignant. Um, he's going to rant for a little while and he's going to throw it to me and I'm going to introduce a topic or a question that I would like us to have the episode about. Um, Zach will turn that into a Bible study. We will discuss it. Um, and then I'm also in the comments on our YouTube and Facebook pages where this is being live streamed. So if you have comments or questions about what we're talking about or questions that you want us to talk about at a later episode, you can put those in the comments and I will respond to them or bring them up on the show if I think they're good, poignant, and pithy. So basically you are watching the live stream recording of a podcast that gets released on Thursday. So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, check out the live stream, typically Wednesday nights at 8 p.m., but this is a special Tuesday night uh, episode because we have church obligations tomorrow. Also join in studio, should be mentioned, a good friend of ours, first time here uh, in the guest chair. You don't have a mic, so no one can hear you, but you are free to interject. Thank you. Uh, any questions? He said thank you. Uh, any questions, comments, uh, you are kind of, you're representing the, the greater audience. So at any point you want to jump in, get one of our attention and, uh, and we'll bring your question or thought uh, into the show. Uh, fun story on Sunday, we were, I forget what the topic was. It was after church. There was a group of us hanging out and, uh, somehow it, it came up like one of the guys was an elder and there was another guy that was kind of a deacon. Like we were talking about titles in church and someone was like, well, what we'll, what, what's Creighton's title? He should be like the bishop or something. And like everybody was laughing and then, then someone just interjected like he already has a title. He's Pope Creighton. And, I am uh, the Pope of Calvary 360. You are the Pope of Calvary 360. Pope, Pope Creighton at gmail.com is our email, official email address, the Outlaw Radio Show. So if you have any questions or comments, uh, you can also submit them via uh, the emails. Yes. You get a hat. Oh, he has one. We, yeah, I he have has a pretty one. solid Pope hat. Yeah, pretty solid Pope hat. So, any, any, anything on on the internet thus far? Uh, friend of the show, Miss Ann says hi. So everyone say hi to Miss Ann. Hi, Miss Ann. Miss Ann. Yes. Um, her and Mister D are watching. It's oh, D. Great. Nice. Yes. And then we also have a comment uh, on YouTube from Chris. Everyone say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, they both just say good evening, gentlemen, or something to that effect. Good Some, to see y'all, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. So, uh, and, and kind of our, our pre-show prep, um, I don't, I'm not sure what you've got as far as the topic goes, <clears throat> but there was a conver- we were having a conversation, and um, an interesting question was kind of brought up, and it was like, hey, pause. Let's maybe incorporate that question into the beginning of the show. I don't know it'll be a whole episode. Um, audience member Isaac what, what was kind of the essence of the question very quickly? Well, you know, I obviously. So obviously, yes. So I have to kind of add this into. I've got it right here. Okay. you. Well, yeah, I don't know if that's going to pick it up. I'm not sure that's going to pick up. So the question. You know, when, when we go to heaven, hopefully we go to heaven, right? Um, hopefully we go to heaven. <laughs> that is the <laughs> But you had said that, um, you know, we're going to have to answer for all of our sins. And I'm wondering, you know, for someone who does something atrocious, um, you know, like murder or, um, or even uh, infidelity mm-hmm. in their yeah. marriage, how is that going to differ from, you know, other people? So that's an interesting, so, so maybe let me see if I can, if I can frame the question. Uh, tell me if I'm framing it correctly for the audience, for myself. Um, 
as human beings, we believe that, um, that death is not the end of our story, but is actually uh, the beginning of an entirely new existence, um, an existence that is largely predicated upon the decisions that we make in this life. Uh, thus, the, the decisions that we make in this life will have ramifications, implications for the next life. And so we'll have to stand before God, give an account for this life. There'll be punishments. There'll be rewards. Basically, how we live, we're going to give an account for. And it's not just an accounting of, of, of the life we've lived, but then it's the determination of what comes next. That kind of a good, I'm not even taking that one step further uh, than, than your question. That kind of that summarizes it. Robert, you were going to kind of jump into uh, this question. You want to, you want to, before I start working on a, a response, you any, you want to add anything to that? Um, just part of my thought was how does that relate to us as believers, and like where does that kind of put us, um, like during that, like if when when we have to account for our uh, works and what uh, anything that we've done, even though we've been. Um, saved and our sins have been washed by the blood of Jesus but we still have to account for uh, certain things like is that, is that yeah right? no no for sure I'm, I'm tracking with yeah. you yeah so yeah I just kind of how does that where do, what does that put us in that so let's well? let's um, the Bible describes two different judgment seats um, that all of humanity will find themselves standing before one or the other one of them is called the Bema Seat of Christ, and that's where those who have died placing their faith in Jesus will stand. And then at the end, there is what's called the Great White Throne Judgment, which are those that um, have died rejecting Jesus will stand. Two different judgment seats, two different judgments. Um, please understand right from, right from the jump, all sin is judged. God is righteous. And he's just, meaning that all sin uh, as a crime has to be punished. Every sin has to receive some judgment. Every sin has to receive a consequence. Uh, if not, God would be a liar and would be unjust. And, and let's be real, like, like that might initially hit some people weird. Um, I, I, I take great solace in the fact that there is a God that rights all wrongs. Because you look around at the world, and, and I think one of the things that is maddening is that there are times where you look at someone who's just living a wicked, evil life, just hurts everyone around them, and seems to have no consequence. And and there's a bit of, of solitude in, in the knowledge that, you know what, you might be getting away with it now, but that's not going to be forever. Like, at some point, you're going to... Uh, be held accountable uh, for the way that you've acted, the way that you've treated people, the crimes you've committed, that there is a reckoning um, at some point, at some time, um, if, it's, if it's not now, in eternity. So I absolutely believe that all sin is judged because God is just. Um, and, he's a, and, he's, and he's a man of his word. Um, God said, you sin, and the day you sin, you'll die. Like there, there's a real consequence um, to our sin, to our rebellion, to our um, missing the mark. If 
falling short of the standard. Um, the question is, is where are our sins judged? So let, let me start with anyone that rejects Jesus. Um, and there are people that, that, that do it even, even knowingly, you know, I, I've, met, I've met people that are like, you know what? I live my life. I do what I do. And you know what? I'll stand and, I, and I'll take it. You know, one day I'll stand before, you know, the great man upstairs and, uh, you know, what I got coming to me, I'll take it, you know? And it's like, okay, wow. Um, that's true. Um, so th- there is, there is the person that rejects Jesus they die in their sin and trespasses, and they stand before God, the great white throne judgment, and they are judged for their sins. Uh, their sins are um, are weighed, they're measured, and punishment is um, is extended. Um, you carry that one step further. I do think that that can justify um, a tiered understanding of judgment and and our idea of hell. Um, hell's hell for everybody. Uh, so don't get me wrong. You don't want to go to hell. Um, but I think just in, in, in our understanding of the judgment of God, um, there are, I think, some people that will have a worse experience in hell than others. Um, what, what's the old Dante's Inferno? Like the, uh, that's the rings or levels of hell? Levels of hell. I think that there's some biblical merit just purely based in the concept of the justice of God. That God is, doesn't punish everybody the same that God punishes based upon action and deed. So, okay, you might live a good life, quote, good life. Um, you die rejecting Jesus. Um, you're going to go to hell. Like, there's a judgment. Um, is your judgment going to be the same as, like, Hitler? Or, you know, Mao? Or, you know, Charles Mann? Or some, like, crazy serial killer? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, it's still hell, but I think your capacity will be different. Um the judgment, the judgment will be different. So if you die rejecting Jesus, you're still in your sins, meaning that you, you need to pay the penalty of your sin, which is why hell lasts forever because you're an imperfect being trying to satisfy a perfect crime. Um, you can never fully satisfy it. So it lasts forever. I don't believe in annihilation. I don't believe that there's a time when the punishment's over. It's, it's forever because you're a fallen being trying to satisfy a perfect crime. And so it's, it's, it's eternal. Now let's address the believer. The Bible says that your sin is absolutely judged by Jesus. Where? On the cross. Your punishment, the punishment that you deserve for your sin got poured out on Jesus. And you're believing that work in faith. You're accepting that work in faith. We're told that the Bible says that it's it's because of that work in your faith that it's accounted to you for righteousness. Meaning that when God sees you, he sees you righteous. Not a sinner. Not fallen. Um, the Bible defines it as justification. God sees you just as if I'd never sinned. You're, you've been justified. Not by a work that you've done but by a work that Jesus did because he took your sin upon himself. The Bible says he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we might receive the righteousness of God. And so your sin is judged. It's just the judgment is received by Jesus. 
the punishment is taken by Jesus. The, the righteous requirements of your sin have been met by Jesus. And by the way, that's why it's permanent, because Jesus was sinless. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was not dying for his own sin. He was dying for the sins of others. And he was a willing sacrifice. And so your sin is, is judged as a Christian. It's just judged at Calvary, not the great white throne judgment by yourself. Meaning, so if I don't go to the great white throne judgment and my sin has been judged so that God sees me, he doesn't see my sin. Then when I get to heaven, what happens? Well, the Bema seat of Christ, <clears throat> this other judgment, it's not a judgment of sin unto punishment. We've been covered by the blood of Christ that's been met. Instead, it is, it is a judgment of one's works unto reward. It's at the Bema seat of Christ that your life is weighed, that Jesus talks about <clears throat> threshing the wheat and the chaff, um, that, that the fruit of your life is measured and rewards are given accordingly. <clears throat> so if you think of it like a movie screen, before the great white throne judgment, if you die apart from Christ, your life is rolled. Your whole life is played before God. And <clears throat> the scribe, an angel, whoever it happens to be, is tallying up all of your wickedness. And it's brutal, and every bit of it's there. Every thought, every deed. Every thought, every deed, every intent. It, 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 what's crazy is then even every omission. Like there's sins of commission, sins that we actively do. Like I, I, I do the wrong thing, that's a sin. But the Bible also describes sins of omission, where like if I fail to do the right thing, that's also a sin. <coughs> and so that, that goes to my account as well. And so it's a brutal experience, the great white throne judgment, because everything is laid bare. Every sin is exposed, and then your judgment's according, and no one can claim that their judgment wasn't fair or just or right because, well, you can't argue with the role. A similar thing at the Bema Seat of Christ happens. Now, I don't know if, you know, you guys growing up, you know, I, you know sometimes you, you would get like, hey, that movie of your life's going to play in heaven, and uh, you be careful what's on it, right? Because uh, your mama, your daddy, they're going to be there. And uh, that night that you were uh, downstairs in the living room with your girlfriend goofing off, like it's going to, you thought you got away with it, but man, that's why there's tears in heaven, son. I saw that. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not the gospel. <clears throat> it's not the gospel. Because my sins, the Bible tells me, past, present, even future, have been cast as far as the east is to the west. Um, they don't exist. God doesn't remember them. And so when the movie does play in heaven and you're standing before God, and you're like, you're seeing that, that moment, you know that moment's there. You know what happens before, you know what happens after, but man, you know, and it's coming and you're cringing and you're like, oh no, here it comes. And it's gone. Like it just, it just skips right through because Jesus paid for it. It's been satisfied and it's gone. Like it's been wiped from your slate. You've been wiped clean. 
And so the judgment you receive are your works. Like how, how did your life manifest to glorify God? And I think that it's from the Bema seat of Christ and the evaluation of our life as believers, um, <clears throat> the rewards according, that that places us into our positions related to the kingdom, um, the, the very practical thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ on the earth, of which we rule and reign, the Bible tells us. Um, I think, I think the, the, the results of the life that we lived in a very practical sense necessitates, premeditates, determines um, what our life looks like in the kingdom, like what our job is. Now, hey, to be, a, to be the, the, the cheapest, the lowliest of servants of the kingdom um, is better than being a ruler of hell, right? It's big, big house, lots of life <laughs> room. There you go. Nice, nice reference there. Um, audio adrenaline. I like it. Um, so again, I think that that's the way that, that we, that I think that's the right way to understand this in the context of scripture. Now there are people that will say, well, wait a second. Um, what about the Christian that does something bad? What about the, the, you know, the guy that cheats on his wife or the person that drinks too much and, and kills somebody in a car accident? Um, are you telling me they're going to get away with it? That there isn't a day of reckoning? And the answer is no, they don't get away with it. There is a day of reckoning. It's at the cross. Like that should actually be our motivation for not, not doing wrong. Because every sin I commit, I have to deal with the understanding that I'm, there's no condemnation. Why? Because I'm in Christ Jesus that's one more that Jesus had to pay for. Like, you see, that changes my motivation. My motivation for, for, for doing right, not doing wrong, is it that I'm going to be somehow um, punished for it? It's that Jesus was. Mm -hmm. And that changes your outlook. That, that, that means, man, I, I, really, I want my life to be righteous. I want my life to be holy. I want my life uh, to matter. And then when you're practically thinking about it, like I'd also like a really cool job in the kingdom of God, you know, and, and all the things that are going on, all the things I'm doing on this life, you know, like you might be in a job, you know, we, we kind of open, this is funny that it kind of comes full circle, but Justin, like we were talking about, you know, you had this degree in archeology, span et cetera, et cetera. And like, I know like where you find yourself right now with the job that you have, you're thankful for it, not, you know, not knocking it, but you're like, man, sometimes like, Lord, like, what do you have for me, right? Like, what are you doing with my life right now? I love Outlaw Radio, you know, thank you for that, but there's got to be something more, you know? You don't have to answer Mike that. Mike Lindell, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a MyPillow. You have a MyPillow. An audience member with a MyPillow. Shout my, out MyPillow. Yeah, my, my wife has 80% the... 80% off. My, yeah, 80% <laughs> off all the time, which makes you wonder. My wife has the My Slippers. She, oh, she yeah. swears by them. Um, but you know, sometimes like you, you find yourself, you're like, Lord, what am I doing here? Like, I know you're in control. I know you have a plan, but I just don't see how this, I, I don't see what you're preparing me for. Yeah. I think for, for stuff like that, it's more like, I'm less of what are you preparing me for? But did I waste my time doing the other stuff to get to the point? You, you know what I mean? My, my, the, but my exhortation is what if anything and everything you're doing in this life where you're like, this doesn't make any sense. 
and it won't make sense until you get to the kingdom. And it's like, oh, that's what you were preparing me for the whole time. Jesus wanted me to, you wanted me to be your co-host on the, the heaven, the heaven podcast. Right. You've got my vote, Justin. Right. <laughs> Beard. Spice daddy. Uh, Spice daddy of Jesus on the ones and twos. That sounds great. We've got a um, commenter question. Yeah. get to, But you understand what I'm saying, guys? You're like, you, like you get like, um, like to the answer of it, you know, and some people are like, I don't think that that's fair. Not. Especially when, when somebody is like, they're the victim. Yep. Like that's not fair. I think the way I look at it as well, a- real quick, no, no, it's not. It's not fair. You're right. Thank the Lord God almighty. It's not fair. But, but, but the, here's my question. Do you want God to, to deal with you on the measure of fairness or his grace, and I think that's the I think that's what you give up as becoming a Christian. You give up that right to say it's not fair or fair. You you gave up that you you've chosen to follow Christ no matter what that means. And for you to say it's not fair is to basically be spitting in the face of your commander in chief of <laughs> your your leader, your king. You now, know, now and, let's and, let's and, let's balance it. Let's balance it to be fair though. That doesn't mean that like okay, hypothetical. You're a Christian man. You cheat on your wife. Um, does has Jesus died for that? Does he's forgiven that? Has he washed that clean? Does that play in the the, the B rules of heaven? We've answered that. Can can the, the wife be like, well, that doesn't seem fair? Um, understand there's still a there's still consequences. Mm-hmm. Like just because just because as far as heaven's account goes, it's been satisfied by the work of Jesus, doesn't mean that in the practical sense of your life. That it doesn't have ramifications, not not just like the practical things, like for yourself, like losing your family, the residual effects that that has and reverberates with your children, um, but just what God can now do in your life. You know, like what God maybe had intended to do in your life. Uh, you know, it's it's been said. Uh, I, I'm studying the Christmas story, um, and and like Mary, you know, God blessed you know because she was a virgin. God chose her because she was a virgin. Um, if she was not a virgin, I mean, God would have loved her and he could have had a plan or purpose for life, but she would not have been the mother of the Messiah because one decision could have, you know, discredited her ability to fulfill that, that call in her life. And there's examples of that throughout scripture. Um, so, so don't, don't think that just because you commit sin, you get away with it. It has an effect. It'll have an effect. I think maybe in your future role of the kingdom, it definitely impacts your effectiveness in the kingdom today. Just because it's not like, you know, you're going to get en- embarrassed in heaven, you know, doesn't, doesn't mean you should just go hog wild. Like, like there are consequences. Real Shall world. we sin so that grace abounds? Obviously not. Right. Paul says, surely, not. surely not. Right. <laughs> right. No way. Um, From the chief of sinners. So, yes. so, so that uh, audience member, Isaac, did that answer your question? And it brought up more questions. Well, yes. well, you go ahead and formulate another question. Mm-hmm. Robert, did this help with you, your question? Mm-hmm. I did also kind of have another. A follow-up. Uh, okay, yeah, hold yeah. that one, too. It's like small. But... Let's let's jump in uh, with some online comments uh, that yes. we've gotten into the show. Yes. I have a question from Justin's second favorite Karen. Um, and this, and it says, 
will we see our loved ones condemned at the white throne judgment? As in us being Christians, will we watch the judgment of non-Christians? As like an audience. Uh, yeah, exactly. As like an audience. So um, I think that there's an argument that can be made um, that we will be present at the Bema Seat of Christ. That the Bema Seat is a public spectacle. Um, the, the justification I'd have for that is Hebrews 11, for we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, Paul talks about finishing the race, this cloud of witnesses. Again, there's a little bit of leaning into the, 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 the imagery, uh, but the, the Bema seat seems to be more of a, a celebration. Again, even the idea of Bema, it plays off the Olympics, uh, the idea of, of rewards, of there being uh, the, kind of a big, a big party associated Public with acknowledgement. It. A public acknowledgement. A demonstration. Um, Participation trophies. Right. Like the, there seems to be um, the whole class gets invited. Um, I, I don't off the top of my head. Uh, I, I don't think I could make any type of argument that um, that the judgment, the great white throne judgment um, that, that Christians will be present, uh, will be watching, will be witnessing. Um, I don't think that we have any role in that whatsoever. Um, I don't think it would be relevant um, in the context. I think we'll be occupied with greater things, um, especially since this is at the end of time uh, before we enter a, a new eternity. Um, again, I just don't have any evidence that we that we will be present for that. I can't point to anything to substantiate that. I can't point to anything to say that, that we wouldn't be either. Um, I just, I don't think that that's, that's addressed. And I'm not even sure in the way that it does, that it's going to be like, um, I just think it's going to be you standing before the throne of God. Um, it's, it's, you're being judged alone, um, as one soul before his maker. Um, I'm not sure that it, that it has any type of public spectacle whatsoever, um, associated with it. So I'm going to be busy setting up the podcast studio for me and Jesus. So mm -hmm. like. <laughs> got things to do. Yeah, You'll have things to do. to do, yes. Reporting live from the Great White Throne Judgment, this is Spice Daddy coming in hot. Jesus, think, what do you think about this guy's sin? Woo! Question. What tier of hell is he getting? It could be like marriage a... Marriage Feast of the Lamb. Do you think they'll have hot sauce there, or do you think I need to bring my own? They'll have hot sauce. It's heaven. Um, another commenter question. Yes. This one comes from Chris and follows up with... It does say we will judge angels. Is this also done at the same time as the white throne judgment? That's a great question. Um, that is that is true that that we judge angels. My question would be is like, what does that actually mean? Um, where it's corollary to the question, what does it mean to judge angels? Right. Um, you know, I, there doesn't seem to be any particular. Um, like angelic judgment seat. Um, in fact, that the Bible seems to indicate that the angelic host um, was given a, a one-time free will exercise, um, and that was they could choose to rebel alongside of Lucifer. Two-thirds of the angels did. They became fallen angels. Uh, their, their, their fate has been sealed. In fact, hell was created for them. Um, we, don't, we don't judge them. In this, they've been judged. Um, and, and by judgment, I say they've been condemned. Um, they've been sentenced. Um, they're just awaiting the execution of the sentence. 
Um, so if you're talking about the other third of what we would call the angelic host, of which you'd have like Gabriel and Michael, etc., um, those in the, the angelic choir, you know, where shepherds abiding by the fields, you know, you know, you know singing, uh, the angels around the throne. Um, when it says that we judge the angels, um, I think an argument could be made um, that 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 our lives stand in judgment. I don't I don't know if it's an active thing, like if it's a singular event where it's like at some point we make determinations. Hey, you are my guardian angel, and you really dropped the ball on that car accident. Um, docking some some points, taking some stickers away. You got demoted in heaven. Um, I it, I don't I don't see a scenario of that. Um, I'd be like, you get a gold star. I'm surprised you could keep up. You could keep up, right? Man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you were carrying this load. Um, so I, you know, again, I don't I don't know without without really diving into that particular passage. Um, mm-hmm. and I believe that's in Hebrews. Um, where we talk about judging the angels, I believe. Um, I don't. I don't know. Again, I don't think that that's a singular event. The Bible doesn't describe when that happens or even the mechanism of that. Mm-hmm. As far as judgment goes, that that a judgment's already happened. This would be more of a, I don't know, an evaluation. I guess. I, I again, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. On. I don't think the scriptures really give us enough uh, to be super dogmatic. Not not just that, but like, what are the angelic role in, in eternity. Um, you know, once, once we're there, um, you know, they're, you know, we're not given a whole lot into insight into that either. Um, the angels seem to have a very, uh, active role in the tribulational period, not just in heaven, but also on earth. Um, there's a battle that takes place between, uh, Michael, the archangel and Lucifer. You know, it's not that Jesus takes Lucifer and throws him into the bottomless pit. It's actually Michael, another angel. Um, the angelic hosts play a role in that, but you know when you start looking even deeper than into the eternity, um, what what is uh, what is their function? What's their role? Um, we're not told. There there is there's a lot of mystery regarding angels. When were they created? Um, you can't specifically point to a day of creation. The angelic hosts are not mentioned. What um, could presume the first day? There's some theories on that, but again, when we're talking about angels. Uh, the Bible just really doesn't give us a ton of information um, as to the particulars of all that. You know, the, we're told be you could be entertaining angels. You know, so be careful when you entertain a stranger. You'd be entertaining an angel, and implying like, "Hey, you want to treat those guys good?" You know, like you know what? I'm not worried about that. We're pretty entertaining here, so <laughs> that's. Have you seen my face? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, good question, though. Uh, great. Uh, audience feedback anything anything else before we get back to these two guys kind of a lot we got a lot uh so it then went on to my mother um saying that it would be heartbreaking to watch the white throne judgment to see loved ones condemned and then she says there are no tears in heaven he wipes them away so she doesn't think that we do because of how heartbreaking and abjectly horrible it would be to watch your loved ones be sentenced to eternal hell? Well, we do have tears in heaven because you'd have to have tears for Jesus to wipe them away. Solid. Um, but the, the question is then, why do why are there tears in heaven? Um, and I don't think it's it's because of that. You know, seeing, you know, loved ones condemned. Um, I think our tears in heaven will probably be more based in um, the full acknowledgement of, of just how, um, man... Um, 
the regret we immediately have, you know, how when we see Jesus's face, I, I don't think it's a guilt tear. I think it's more of a regret. Like, man, um, to see my Savior um, and then to know it could have, should have impacted me even even deeper than it did. Mm. Um, I think that that's, and then that makes it appropriate why Jesus would wipe away our tears because we're right in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the big old handkerchief in the sky um, from Jesus. Which should be the title of the episode, The Handkerchief in the Sky. The Handkerchief in the Sky, I got it. Uh, but I do agree. Like I, I think it would be it would be a, a brutal thing to have to witness the Great White Throne judgment. Um, yeah, I I think <laughs> let me throw this at it from a different angle. I think maybe we should live as if we would. You know. Ooh. Because if we live as though we would, it would up the ante. And trying to make sure we don't have any loved ones there, you know, where it's like, okay, we're at the great white throne, but I don't have to worry about it because everybody I know, their sins have already been paid for, you know. Right. I saw all of my guys at the Bemis yeah, seat. We're all, good to go. We're, we're, we're rocking and rolling. My, my crew's here. Um, so, sorry that all your neighbors You're are there. For these guys. Yeah. Sorry for man. What were you doing at work? They're all down here. <laughs> Um, man, you weren't a witness at all. Like, Hey, maybe we should live as if we'll be there. Yeah. Um, because that, that, uh, you know, it anchors, it anchors that it anchors other people's eternal salvation in my heart in a way that I don't think it is for a lot of people. I think that's a good way to phrase it. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, I think, I think it's always important to live life backwards to a sense. Um, I do that for better, for worse. I do that with certain relationships, you know, just practically, um, you know, the Lord has brought some great people into my life that, um, <clears throat> that for, for, from years of pack, um, I made a determination that I plan to kind of ride or die forever with these people, you know, that these are not, this is not temporary friendships. Uh, this is not a fleeting thing. This is not acquaintances. These are, people I'm going to live life with and, and, um, either die before die with die after. Um, but, but I'm, I'm living life with these people. And and as a result, it's, it's those people in my life that I, I invest the most amount of time, energy, and effort into because it's a, it's a lifelong commitment to it. Um, our wives, our children, our friends, where we're going to be. Um, there are other people that come along where it's like, Hey man, we're friends. Like, this is cool. Um, but like, I don't see any longevity to this. Um, I don't, I don't know if you'll, if you'll be here, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll invest to an extent, but like, again, you play it backwards. Like, you know, that's why, that's why, you know, you talk about the importance of family because family's kind of stuck with you forever. <laughs> you know, you're going to like, you can't, it's hard to run away from family. I would argue that along the same concept, there's only one thing that goes deeper than blood and that's spirit. Um, and so you know, I think I think that that when you place that idea in the context of the Great White Throne Judgment, and like I'm spending eternity with certain people, or not spending or eternity. not spending eternity with you know that's why like so sometimes like when church conflicts end up just uh, with a church divide or people just leave, 
It's like, you know, you're going to make eternity really awkward for yourself. <laughs> it's like, and we all deal with that. You know, we're having the conflict with someone at church and like, we just don't want to see them. So they're over here and we go over here and they go to the bathroom. So we, we hold it until they're gone. So then we can go like we try to avoid the awkwardness, even to the point that people get to the extreme. Like, I just can't go to church here. Uh, Cause I don't want to see them again. It's like, my advice is like, you want, you want to, you want this awkwardness to happen in heaven or just get it over with now. It's going to happen at some point. You know, it's like maybe for the first few days of heaven, man, it's like everybody's ignoring everybody else until Jesus is like, stop it. <laughs> you know, we're all here. Um, you got to get over it. Also might be why there's tears in heaven, you know, like I'm going to spend forever with you. And I so messed up the time we could have been investing on earth, mm. you know? And so, you know, for me, I think it's always good to work things, uh, life backwards, you know, where, where do I want to be for eternity? And that should really make some determinations with today. Who do I want to be with for eternity? And that should also determine. Who can I not survive eternity without? Yeah, that should also. Which is why which is why I, I tell, we had a, uh, the baby dedication on Sunday with the Mott, Mott girls. And uh, I told uh, Aaron, I said this to Robert a couple weeks ago when we were dedicating your kids, that, hey, your number one goal as a parent, <clears throat> when it's all said and done, you know, my kids love to be baseball players. That's great. Could care less. Uh, they, they're they smart, but could care less. Um, whether they're successful or they have great careers or they make lots of money or they're famous or they do something noteworthy <clears throat> or something famous or infamous. Like when it's all said and done, what matters most as far as the vision for your children, get them to heaven. Because I want to spend eternity with them. Mm. So, you know, Theo could be an axe murderer, but if I can at least give him, you know, to give his life to the Lord in prison, you know, successful. It would uh, be Theo, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, Theo's the, Theo wouldn't get caught. <laughs> All right, I have one more. Yeah, okay, one more, yeah. This one is from Mr. D. Hi, Mr. D. Um, yeah, bring it, bring it to me, Stan. What you got? <laughs> Stan and Mr. D, name a more dynamic duo at Calvary Stone Mountain in the 90s. What about the judgment of modern-day false teachers? Teachers. So people who claim Christ. Ed Nolan and Steve Holloman. All right, you're still on. That was a throwaway joke, but that's a really good answer. <laughs> you said name a better dynamic duo. That's a really good answer. So. False teachers, people who claim Christ, taught Christ. Kevin Fitzgerald and Jeff Fagan. Also a good answer. Don't worry, Randy I don't, McCracken I don't have anything. Or Michael Gass. These are all references that your okay, dad. I don't know Michael Gass, but I know Randy McCracken. Your dad and D are getting them. Everybody else is lost in this joke. But you're yes. welcome, D. Dynamic duos. So yes. False teachers, people who lead people who may actually lead people to Christ, but aren't Christians themselves. I'm editorializing a bit. Where do they fall? Do they just fall white throne judgment? That's it. It depends if you're, if you're a Christian or not. Um, you know, you know, so without a particular example, I mean, great white throne or Bema seat is whether or not you, you have accepted Jesus and the work that he did on your behalf. Um, could you be a false teacher and have accepted Jesus and you just led people astray because you were a bad dude or misguided or whatnot? Sure. 
Bible says that, that be careful being a teacher because they will receive a, 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 a stricter judgment. Um, I think that that plays into the Bema Seat of Christ. I think that, that, that their actions, their motivations, you know, there's a lot of preachers that you look at, and you're like, oh man, the Bema Seat of Christ is going to be great for them. And then they get there and you come to find out that their motivation behind all the good stuff that they were doing was pretty self-centered and ego centric and they're not given a reward for any of their stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. And that's a stricter judgment, right? Um, okay. Question from uh, Isaac. So I think there are probably acts that we can mm-hmm. do that would separate us from Jesus. Even after we've accepted Jesus, so, like think about particularly maybe uh-huh. Judas. Okay. So acts. So he didn't go up to Jesus and was like, I denounce you. You know what I mean? But he did at the same time. So does Judas go to hell? Does Judas, you know, does he go to heaven? Oh, so, so we've got the example of Judas being brought up. And I think the deeper question um, is centered upon, um, can someone accept Jesus and still go to hell? Yes. Is that, that kind of the essence of the question? Essentially, yeah, because false teachers, okay. they're leading people away from so, so that that boils down to, and again, I think Judas maybe is a, is the, a, a bad example for the question, okay. um, <clears throat> because maybe I think Simon the Sorcerer is better. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But let's just let's just from a very practical sense, um, the essence of the question is: once saved, always saved. Um, if you've given your life to Jesus, are you sealed? Is that it? Like nothing that happens afterwards matters because you've accepted Jesus. And so now you're you're in the get out of hell free card. Um, the, the question we're told that a tree, you know, a tree is known by its fruit. Jesus even said, he said, there'll be those that say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do these things in your name? And Jesus will say, depart from me because I never knew you. Um, when we talk about placing our faith in Jesus, we're talking about having a relationship with Jesus. When someone says, well, someone can never lose their salvation. I would say, okay, sure. But, but, but can someone give up their salvation? Can someone walk away from their salvation? Do you lose free will the moment you give your life to Jesus? And, and I would say that the Bible presents a lot of examples um, to the contrary. Like, like that you, you can. You, know, you can taste and then walk away. Um, I think Judas plays into that where he follows Jesus for three years and at the end he makes a decision that has eternal consequences. Um, he never really accepted Jesus. Because you know, and then people will say people will make the argument. Well, well, like well, if they if they if they fall away, it's just the evidence they were never saved. You know that they were never really in it. It was all lip service. Because look at them now. Um, I have problems with that because I've known people that if they had died back then, they would have absolutely gone to heaven. But they made a series of choices in in their life that just. They, they kept making decision after decision, knowing it was the wrong thing to do, that led them on a path by which at some juncture, they have rejected Jesus. They accepted him, but then their choices led them a direction where at some point they rejected him. Um, at, at what point along that road, if they had died, would they go to hell versus, you know, like, where does that happen? I have no idea. Um, the Bible gives enough assurance to the struggling Christian to take heart. 
that gives enough warning to the rebellious Christian to be careful. Again, there's, and, and I mean, we could sit down. I don't know. I'll never forget. I was in Bible college. My first semester, second semester, I forget what class I'm in Romans, but we were having this conversation. And <clears throat> I think my professor was very much like once saved, always saved. He was, he was Calvinistic um, kind of in his position that, you know, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can't, you know, once you give your life to Jesus, you're, you're going to heaven. That it's, that you can't, you know, nothing can take you out of the, the grip, the grasp of Christ. And I just kind of nonchalantly made this comment to my dad. Yeah, yeah, you know, once saved, always saved. You know, it's what we are. My dad looked at me and goes, I, I've never said that. I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, when you get home, let's, let's sit down. So I got home that semester. <clears throat> we opened our Bibles and he just went passage after passage. He didn't say anything. We just read passage. There's the word if is used a lot. There's so much conditional language. You know, if, if, um, you have to continue which is why Paul talks about running a race and finishing that race. Um, again, I think for, for the person that is struggling, for the Christian struggling, hey, there's grace and there's an assurance you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. For the Christian in blatant rebellion, walking in sin, living in sin, there's enough, uh, there's an, there's enough scripture to provide warning. Danger, Will Robinson. Um, so... I, I, I think that that kind of answers your question. I mean, that, that gets into a much larger topic that could be a, a whole, whole other episode dealing with, you know, the, 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 the relationship that free will has with predestination sovereignty, um, which obviously is, is, is an undercurrent to the question we've been predestined before the foundations of the world. So doesn't God already know what we're going to do? You know, how can we deviate from that? Where's our free will then? Again, that's just a tease for for a whole nother conversation. Uh, Robert, along the topic that we had, you had a, a little twist of a, of a thought that you wanted to throw in. Before we do that, Spice Daddy, any thoughts here? Let me get you in. Um, a little, <laughs> little warm in here. That's about it. Thanks for that. Spice Daddy. Spice Daddy for oh the win. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, I, you kind of said everything I would would have said. Well, sorry. Sorry. Leave some for the rest of us. Right. Man, all right. Well, Roberto. <laughs> um, it was just a small kind of um, add-on. Um, just like after the the millennial reign, um, do do you think our tasks then carry over to the eternal kingdom? That's a great question. Be a new heaven and a new earth by that time, so there's no telling. I don't think the Bible is specific to that at all. Mm -hmm. um, there's very little that we're told about where it goes from there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I will say that God made man to work. You go to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were given a perfect, perfect setup. Like, it was the new earth, right? <clears throat> and they, But they were given jobs then, weren't they? Like, they had a life to live. Um, they were given roles. Um, Adam was given a garden and given dominion over it, and he was to take care of it. 
Now, as a result of sin, what happened? Did God, did God give Adam work? No, he added labor to his work where his work would now be hard. So to answer your question without having like a specific passage, mm. there does seem at least even from the God, God's original design of humanity, um, intrinsic to what makes us human, that we are active and that there is work to be done. Um, what that looks like in a new heaven and a new earth, we're not specifically told. But, you know, I don't think it'll be um, like an, an eternal orb, um, an eternal essence. Um, Nebulousness. Yeah. Or like the, the good place, you know, like the way that the good place, the TV show, how it ends, where they just kind of like their souls enter this 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 Nirvana-ish kind Annihilation of... Annihilation is really how the show ends. It's, like it's, it's own status. Yeah. Um, no. So I do think I do think within within eternity, within the new earth, we know the millennial kingdom. There's jobs, there's roles. We're ruling and we're reigning. Um, the new heaven, the new earth. Um, we're not told, but I do think that there will be work, but it won't be labor. Um, it'll be fulfilled. Um, there won't be striving or sweating. Um, but there will be a completion to it. It's a, it's a, it's a, that even lends to like whole new trippy ideas, you know, related to it. So around both time and matter, (laughs) both time and matter. So, um, any, anything, uh, any other comments, Cray? Chris said, um, to a few of the things, I'm not sure what the last one is in response to. I just put myself on the screen since I'm talking. I'm not sure what the last one is response to. But he said none were lost except the son of perdition, which I know this. I don't recognize that uh, passage. I know the son of perdition is a name for the devil, for the antichrist. Antichrist. Interesting. I'm not sure what he means by that. Chris, will you? I, it came up a little while ago. Chris, will you give me some context in the comments? I'd appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes within the flow of Facebook or or YouTube, the way that the the comments work is that, that you could be saying something in response to something immediately happening within an episode, and then that doesn't actually post until a little while later, at least on our feed. So it loses the context of, of the way it was uttered in the moment, right? Right. Um, and he was saying it. He just commented. Okay, great. He was saying it in context with Judas, which I'm not sure how those two things uh, relate. I don't know if Judas would count as an antichrist. I don't think he would. No, so Judas, I mean, Judas very clearly went to hell because he died without repentance. Um, there is no salvation apart from repentance. Um, Judas, dis, d, Judas died before the resurrection. Um, you know, so, you know, he, he betrayed Jesus, did not look to what Jesus did as an atoning sacrifice on his behalf. You know, there's always arguments as to the motivation of what Judas was trying to do. Um, some say that it was pure greed, motivated by the devil, um, that it was just purely wicked. Um, others try to soften a little bit of Judas by saying, well, Judas was kind of sick of waiting for Jesus to, you know, lead the revolution, to start 
you know, the rebellion against Rome, um, to lead this crusade against the occupiers, and that he was he acted in such a way to try to force Jesus into a confrontation uh, to expedite things that Jesus wasn't operating according to the timeline that Judas... Okay, because Judas had made an investment. Hey, this is the king. This is Messiah. I'm on board. We're rolling. But man, this is just... This is taking some time. And uh, let's let's move it along a little. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the truth's probably somewhere in between. Understandably, Judas had a moment where what happens after he betrays Jesus clearly was not what he was hoping for was not what he expected uh, because there is contrition undoubtedly he tries to give back the money. I don't want anything to do with this. And they're like, it's blood money, man. That's on you. We don't, we're not taking it back. And Judas is so overcome with remorse, sorrow that he goes and kills himself. And again, um, we're told the difference between godly sorrow, worldly sorrow is godly sorrow leads to repentance and salvation, deliverance. Worldly sorrow leads to destruction. And we see a great Bible study on that on the Calvary 316 YouTube page. And so we see that um, uh, we see that obviously with um, with what ends up happening with with Judas. Um, The flip side to it, you see Peter. you know, denied Jesus three times, had remorse when the rooster crowed, um, the whole the whole bit. Um, but the difference is he ends up coming back to Jesus. Um, he repents. There's restoration, a relationship. Jesus has none of those things. So I think it's it's fairly obvious, and which is sad because Judas, um, <clears throat> he could have repented. You know, I mean, there could have been, he was chosen by Jesus. Could have been the best comeback story in history. Could have been the best comeback story in history. Really could have been. Could have been better than Peter's even. Yeah. Um, and yet that's not the story that, that he wrote. So, um, anything else there? Nope, that's everything I got. Man, this was great. I mean, basically kind of an audience-driven episode by the, yeah, in the studio, Representative, and then picked up by uh, the audience online. So that's that's About awesome. Time. You're yeah. proud. You're a proud man over there, Spice Daddy. You didn't have to say much. I didn't. It's a beautiful thing. So Jessica, uh, I got home last night, and uh, and she goes, the last two minutes. I'm looking at her like, what are you? There's so many places I could go with that. Were they were they good? Were they, I mean, what 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 are you talking about? And she goes, "You and Justin, you guys took an entire episode to deal with my question and really didn't answer it until the last two minutes." I was like, "Hey, you listen to the show?" She goes. The whole thing, because I wanted to know the answer to my question that came in the last two <laughs> yeah, minutes. Sometimes, sometimes in those moments leading up to that, we start talking about a few of our favorite things 
like one of a, the best selling books on Amazon right now, a Christmas books on Amazon right now. That's that's true, an Amazon Christmas, right? Written by Miss Jessica Adams. Absolutely, it's a good plug. Uh, I don't think she'll listen to this one. So well, you, you know, I, I didn't work it, it in at the beginning, and <laughs> I didn't want to just leave this episode not working one in. Yeah, I had to. I mean, it is the season for it sure. Is. The um, I already started watching. I haven't watched Christmas movies yet. But the second season of The Clauses is it's on. It's not even Disney Thanksgiving. Oh, I've already started listening to mixing in some Christmas music. Ugh. What does it matter? Why are you angry at me when you don't even like Christmas to begin with? I will tell you, and we've had this conversation before, and it's because your kind are creeping in on my life. It is moving back, and it's because of people like you. You know what I got to say and about I that? And I hate it. Not only do I have freedom in Christ, I got freedom in America. Boom, America. Double, one double of those is freedoms. wonderful. The other is a shame. Double America. Freedoms. Jessica, Jessica made the comment. She said that Thanksgiving has basically become America's middle child. It really has. The redheaded stepchild, if you will. You had the, the firstborn Halloween, and then you've got Christmas the baby. And it's Thanksgiving, the rejected, overlooked. Middle Red-headed child. stepchild. Middle child. My to, favorite of the holidays. Just trying to do their, trying to get a little attention. Mm-hmm. Don't forget I'm here. It's kind of, kind of the deal. I won't forget you Thanksgiving. We got anything, anything left? Karen said. Nope. Remember Justin's second favorite Karen. Uh, Judas could have been reconciled to the risen Christ and Peter's denial was forgiven, which you, we talked about yeah, earlier. For sure. Yeah. Again, it's a great Bible study all about Peter, Judas, oh and goodness. the Pharisees on the Calvary 316 YouTube page. Shameless Look for my plug. face. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Isaac, any any follow-up? We're good. How much time do we have? None. Uh, no, none. None. <laughs> I'll save it for next time. Next time. Hey, speaking of next time, a programming note. Um, this, I think it might be the first year that we do this, uh, but we've decided that we are going to have a special Thanksgiving um, uh, Outlaw Radio episode, and so next Wednesday we will be back at uh, 8 p.m. Uh, even though it is the night before Thanksgiving, uh, we are going to have um, uh, an episode. So join us next week. I'm going to hit some music. We're going to get on out of here. Creighton, you good? Hold. Good. All right, you're good. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for being with me tonight. Absolutely. You're you're all dealing with some technical thing over there. Yes, so I'm I just, am. I'm just going to carry us out. Thank you for watching. The uh, live stream recording of a podcast known as the Outlaw Radio Show. If you are listening to the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, thank you so much. Check out the live stream uh, Wednesday nights at 8, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, watching podcast, podcast watch. Do your thing. God bless. We'll see you guys next week.